I think, you know, praise God. <laughs> I was going to say something, maybe I won't say that. Yeah, praise the Lord. I'm going to talk to you today about revival. And uh, I'm just so excited that we're, we're teaching on that today. And I don't know, when, we may teach it the rest of the year. I, I'm not sure about all that. But we're going to teach some on it today. Let's, let's turn first of all to Isaiah 43. And uh, let's get a couple reference points here. I've got a brand new Bible. It hasn't got a mark in it yet. So I don't know. We'll see if I can function with a new Bible. But Isaiah 43 and verse 18 says, Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Now, you've got to interpret that in light of some revelation. Sometimes God said to remind him of things. But he's talking about us as the things that we know. That's all we know because that's all you know. All you know is what you know. You know that? No, I'm being serious and all I know is what I know. But there's a whole lot more out there I don't know yet, even about God and about a move of God, about how he wants to work in my life fully. I mean, I've only been at this almost 50 years. Sometimes God works with us in stages and sometimes we're reluctant to yield to him. And that takes longer when you do that. But... He said, Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Verse 19, Behold, if it's a new thing, have you been there before? No, No, you haven't. I mean, this is pretty simple teaching right so far, but hang on to this. He says, Behold, or look, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? It's like things are coming forth, but unless you're attuned to that, it just bypasses you. Brother Hagin said this, I've said this too, churches are just going to go on with their programs. I don't care if it's dead as a mule that's been killed twice. They're just going to run it in the ground until there's nothing left and all of them are sick and all of them are depressed and all of them are confused and nobody's hearing from God. But they're going to run their church program, bless God, because that's all we know. We're in our little box and we ain't about to step out of that. Yeah. I don't know if you're ready for me today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he said, I'm going to do it will you not recognize it. Now, listen, don't get mad at me. If you get upset with me, don't come up here in the prayer line. You're not going to get nothing. I guarantee you. But if you're serious about change in your life, then you need to get up here. Change about what? Change about anything. How about going a different way to work someday just for fun? You know, I know I'm a prophet, so I think different. And it disturbs me when people are so nonchalant and relaxed and just so down something. You need to get stirred up a little bit. All right. In your own life, not to put on for somebody. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. How many know in a wilderness there is no way? But he's going to make a way for us. And rivers in the desert... Uh, you know, Israel's a perfect example in the natural. They had the Jordan River, but before they became a nation, it was just sand over there primarily, except some of their bigger cities. But they irrigated everything. There. It's a lush place over there, they tell me now, because they had water. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls. That's two forms of demonic power. The dragons and the owls are going to honor God, and they're going to honor His Word, and they're going to honor us because... I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Still talking about waters or liquid here. To give drink to my people, my chosen. Whatever he's going to do today or whatever he's going to do the rest of your life, he's trying to get something to you. 
because you're his chosen. Or I like to say we're his beloved. That's what Ephesians says. So let's, let's go over here to Acts chapter 3 a minute. Talking to you about revival. Let me get this introduced today a little bit. And then we're going to minister to some people and so forth. I wanted to read a couple quotes here. It was just park at Acts 3. Uh, Dr. Summerall said, you can identify the end of a wave or a, a thing that God was doing. Uh, or a change of season by when the leaders of the former wave go to heaven. See, I've known that for a long time, but I've seen it clearer now because Oral, Oral Roberts is home, Kenneth Hagin's home, Dr. Dufresne's home. Most of the generals are home. There might be a few left that are going to go soon. But when they start fading off the scene, there's a new something God's bringing. For the remnant, not for every church because every church isn't going to move with him. Every human's not going to move with him. I've had people in this church sit through the revival for three and a half years with me and then left me over something stupid and never got a thing. Got in every prayer line probably, didn't get a thing. See, God wants to touch your life so you get something and you retain that. And if anything, he'll build on that. Preaching really good today. I'm liking what I'm saying. Am I talking? Yeah, you're talking. <laughs> Brother Hagin says, in my church we had constant revival because we kept the atmosphere charged with the power of God. And I'm saying that to you as a nice rebuke. Sometimes you come in like you're half dead. You know, and it just is pathetic. So you need to be prayed up when you come. I know you go, I got, I got a real life too, but I just let all that pass me by and keep moving with God. There's, I've taught you how to do that if you paid any attention. Some churches charge their Sunday morning service with deadness. Oh. Kenneth E. Hagan. Now, Dr. Summerall, he said this now. Both those men lived to be 87, by the way. And um, I think they should have both lived longer, but it's none of my business. But they said some things, you know, and I know some things personally that, anyway, you could live a long life. But this is what Dr. Summerall said. Don't become judgmental or critical of the new wave because it'll be different than the former. How many listening to me? How many was here in 85, 86, 87, part of, oh, part of 85? Yeah, in a revival we had. What did I say? Oh, it's 90. 95, 96, 97, part of 98. Three and a half years. Yeah. Okay, raise your hand. Yeah. It'll be different. So if you become, see, this is the thing you got to guard yourself. If somebody does something different than you've been exposed to in your box, of experience and knowledge of the word and all that's relative depending on how much you know God, how well you judge things. There's a lot to say in that comment, but, and it looks different to you. Sometimes we want to be critical of that. You know, there's a, there was a guy back, I, I don't know, probably the thirties and forties. He wasn't very educated country boy, got saved and his wife read him the Bible and he, he latched on to Jesus spitting on people. True story. People would stand in his prayer line, what do you need? He said, well, I don't have a hand. He'd grab his arm and strike it down like that. A hand would grow out on his arm. But you know, people were critical of that. I'm not going to let anybody spit on me. Honey, if you didn't have a hand, I'd let them spit a hawker on me. What's the matter with you people? See what I'm saying? You're so critical, willing to critique everybody into the inch degree. I'm not going to do this, but if I said one four-letter word in 44 years publicly, you'd be willing to crucify me. 
Yeah, I know you. I know what I know how people think. Quit being so critical of everything you don't understand. Okay, let's see. And this is last. I'm going to stop here, but we'll talk about some more of this later. This is Dr. Summerall again, and he was in his 80s when he said this. I'd go anywhere in the world to be where God's moving. Think about that. 80-some-year-old 80, 80 man saying, I'm ready to go anywhere where God is moving. Dr. Dufresne told me privately and personally many times and even said some public that Dr. Summerall knew him so well, he'd say, tell me, tell me whose church to go to that's got to move God on. Dr. Dufresne, if he knew this, there's a guy moving in Arizona into power and a guy in Missouri, he'd call those people and try to go preach because he wanted to be around where God's moving. Smart guy. I'd go anywhere in the world to be where God is moving. And Dr. Summerall said this, while in his 80s upon returning from a great revival in China. You know, hallelujah. Where are we at? Acts 3, we didn't read that yet, did we? Look at verse 19 with me. Repent you therefore and be converted. Now, let me explain to you. Repentance doesn't mean you just get all teary-eyed and need Kleenex. It might, it might be part of that, but repentance in simple terms mean change. You got to turn and change, go a different direction than you've been going. Because if you're smart and you keep going the same way and you know it's not accomplishing what you needed to, you're wrong. <laughs> that ought to be simple. You're going the wrong way. You know, I've been up to Columbus, Indiana and preached for the last 10 years and it takes about 50 minutes to get to where Pastor Mark is today. If I'd been on the road for five hours and I hadn't found him, I've lost my way. How many know what I'm saying? I could have been way past Indianapolis in four or five hours. Okay. So repent just means to be changed and be converted means to be converted into what's being preached to you. Peter talked about present truth. The Bible's truth, but I'm preaching to you something that's presently true. Right now, this morning, in this church with this man, me, teaching you this. And so if you want to enter in, you can. If you don't, then don't. But, I mean, I'm just saying it's available. I could feel that anointing working on me when they started singing. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So he's, now listen, we repent, we turn and change things and be converted. And I like to break it down like this. When I first got saved, I didn't know Jesus would be a healer. But when I found that out, I converted myself into believing him as my healer. Started receiving from him as such. Took a lot of flack over it. And speaking in tongues, oh my gosh, you'd have thought I'd done something terrible. I started speaking in tongues and spoke in tongues every day since. That was May 1978. Two weeks before I graduated from a denominational seminary. And I found out about deliverance. And then all my friends wanted to leave me on that one. Oh, you're going to tear your ministry up. I said, tear my ministry up? Jesus didn't tear his ministry up. He ministered deliverance to a lot of people. You ever read? Of course, I'm bolder now than I was back then. I just shook my head at him. And so everything you hear that maybe you haven't heard before or whatever comes with a little different slant or a tone on it, you need to repent and change to what I'm teaching you from your Bible and let that be a common thing you do the rest of your life. <laughs> I guarantee a lot of people never live into their 80s, probably not their 50s unless they do some changing. You can't just live any way you want. You can't think any way you want. You can do that. I mean, legally you can think anything you want, do anything you want, but you're going to pay a consequence if you're living like that. Eventually. 
But notice when we do that, we repent and get converted. Times of refreshing. Times. Times. The Williams translation says times of revival will come from God's presence. See, I've really only been in one real revival. I was in the edge of a Baptist revival, Diana mentioned a few weeks ago up here with the youth group. But it only lasted one or two days, really. They're really the essence of it. The denomination wasn't going to go with it. The pastor, he didn't know what to do that night, but he, but he shut it down and things like that. Church I grew up in, if you raise your hands, and I did, we had a group called Truth. We were contemporary singers in the day. It wasn't nothing like what you people got. Today, oh my gosh. And, uh, but we, I lifted my hands in the service. Pastor Diana did. We were just members of that church. And of course, everybody saw us that wanted to see us. We weren't trying to hide it. We weren't trying to show out either. Pastor got up and apologized to everybody over raising your hands. I should have got a clue right then. I was too dumb and immature to get it, but... I still raise my hands. Times of refreshing comes from the presence of God. When you, you hear something and you repent, you turn to embrace the truth that's being preached, the present truth. Okay. And times of refreshing will start coming to you. Now, let me talk to you a little further. Let's go to Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57. Go over there and park. I'm going to give you a verse here in just a minute. Isaiah 57. I'm talking about revival. What is revival? Revival is moving into the supernatural. Revival is a restoration of force. It's a restoration that comes to you of force that God gives you. Uh, not towards other people, but an aggressiveness to go after the things of God. And to not let any, anything that challenges you to not do that, you just take authority over that and move right on. Thank you so much for your enthusiasm. Now, I'm a committed man. Yes, sir. I went out in the country and started a church with a handful of people. It grew to 150. I mean, I'm in Nowheresville then. And the pastor that I'd worked for a couple years previous wrote my home church, wanted them to take my papers, you know, Baptist paper. And they licensed me and ordained me. And so he sent me a copy of his wonderful letter about me. And so I called up to First Baptist, which is where I got sent out of, and talked to the secretary. The pastor that ordained me wasn't there anymore. And I told the secretary, this is Michael Jacobs. I know you got a letter from so-and-so about me. I'd like to make an appointment to meet with the current pastor, take him to lunch, and talk to him about that. See, I'm, t I'm giving you an illustration that I don't turn loose to things. When God does something in my life, I'm set. Don't matter to me if the whole church don't like me. Don't matter for me if the neighborhood don't like me. Don't matter if somebody's mean about it. I'm just going to keep on going. And really nobody's big enough to stop me. Because I'm in Christ. And He's in me. You ought to think that way too. I'm not bragging. You could be that person too. But Anyway, I had a folder, you know, a little folder thing. I say this is a folder. I met the guy for lunch and we, we met at a restaurant up where I used to live. And I said, I'm gonna, I'd like to pay the lunch bill, but I came to talk to you about my papers. Here's my papers. Slid them across the table. Said, if you need to take them, take them. No, no hard feelings. He shoved them back to me. He said, I don't know you, Michael. I said, yeah, I know. I don't know you either. First time I ever met you today. 
He said, but I went around to all, we have copies of the ordination license. I went around to all the deacons that ordained you. And they all said, speaking in tongues and healing, we don't put it, we, we, we stand by Dr. Jake, Pastor Jacobs. We stand by him. We're not going to revoke anything. Said, so they had spoke pretty highly of you. So I think I'll do the same. I said, well, thank you. Let's eat. I didn't go up there to confront somebody. See, I'm committed enough. If he needs to take the pa- take the papers. I'm living by faith anyway. I'm not living by their doctrine or anybody else. I'm living by the Bible. All right, <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so revival. Well, let me let me tell you this first. Here here are some here are some symptoms of a person who needs revival. You might need revival if. You lack interest in the Word. And of course, I don't know that about you. Only your husband or wife would know that. Whether you, take your, you see people reading the Bible at your home, confessing the words, walking the floor and praying, or that's very seldom ever done. You need revival if there's a lack of interest in the Word. If the only time you get in the Word is when you come to this building, whoo, boy, that's a dangerous way to live. Number two, no consistent prayer life. Little Bobby or Billy gets hurt, you take him to emergency, you're praying like a house on fire because you're concerned about your daughter or son, get him to the emergency room before they bleed to death or something. But then other than that, three days later, you never, talk, you never pray to God for the next 10 years hardly about anything. No consistent prayer life. That's a problem. <laughs> How could you hear from God? And your fellowship, should, number one fellowship should be with Him. Even in a marriage, my number one fellowship's with Jesus, not with Diana. She's, she's close too, but not one. Okay, I'm talking to you here. Number three, you're never hearing God clearly. Everything you think you hear is kind of muddled, cloudy, not distinct, not clear, not clear cut. Am I making sense with you? If you can't hear from God, that's a problem. Now, it may not be a problem right now if you don't have a a dangerous situation looming in your future. But, you know, I guarantee you'll have some situations. I don't know if they're dangerous or not. Coming to you. Because that's just you're living in this planet. Now, we're not of this world because we're of Christ now and He's in us and we're in Him. So we don't live like the world lives. But there's a lot of stuff that comes. You know, the Bible does say all who will live godly, that's a big word, in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So you shouldn't be shocked that people get mad at you, talk negative about you, or leave you, or whatever. Okay, never hearing God clearly, everything's muddled. Number four, you might need revival if you become negative, cynical, or pessimistic. Are you listening to me? Mm Mm-hmm. You'd hear people say, I don't think we hear it in this church, but I wouldn't put it past some of you. All the preacher wants is my money. Or something stupid like that. Who do they think we are? Well, I think you're sheep that need to be taught. And I'm trying to help you move ahead today. And if I'm a little strong about it, a little whatever, you know, I'm not trying to hurt you. (laughs) Problem with the modern church is we only want the sweet sermons. We don't want anything that's going to challenge us. <laughs> I heard Mario Marilla preach one time. It was outstanding. 
He said, I eat strife. I eat stress. I eat it. Stress. Yeah, he went and confronted the witch in his own house. The witch's house. (laughs) He's a great guy. I like that. Here's number five. You might need revival if you are discouraged, depressed, or defeated. Okay. Praise God. Moving right along. This is really going to be a lot better than making it sound right now. So I'm in Isaiah 57. I ask you to park over there. Let me see my reference here. Look at verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, that's God, whose name is holy. I dwell in the light and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive, or we could say revival for there, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. In other words, if you've done wrong and you know you've done wrong, it'd be appropriate for you to repent over that. And it may come with some tears. It doesn't have to. That doesn't going to flatter me or God either if it's just fake tears. But you come and you're, contrit- you're contrite about it. You're, you're affected by it. And you say, God, help me. I am so sorry. I want to change. I don't know if you've ever been there in your life. I've been there a few times in my life. Not like regularly, but I have been there a few times where it seemed like, look, David, I couldn't cry anymore. I just cried out. And I said, God, I need your help. I really need your help. And I'm sorry about this and sorry, but I don't know what I've done or how I've opened the door. This was years ago normally. But nonetheless, I'm sorry and please forgive me. Then see, he says he's going to revive the spirit of those kind of people. Now, so we would say it this way. Humility is a key for moving in revival. If you're here today, you say, well, I've heard all this before. I've seen all this before. You haven't seen it all before. I'm your leader. I'm one of the leaders here. I mean, I'm overseer of everything. Pastor Jordan pastors the church, but he's under me. Don't act like you've seen it all. I haven't seen it all. I haven't seen it all. You haven't seen it all. If I haven't heard it all, you haven't heard it all. I mean, you're not dealing with some guy just got off the bus. Come on. I'm just trying to help you to see with me. There's a whole lot more out there for us. All of us. All of us. Whether you just got born again last week or you've been in this a long time but never learned anything, there's still a lot more for you. Okay. Yeah. So let me give you a definition here for revive out of this verse here. To restore from a depressed, inactive, or unused state. To become active and flourish again. That's what that word revive means, to restore from a depressed, inactive, or unused state and to become active and flourish again. Pretty good preaching, Michael, I know. So I'm bringing this verse to you because it lists the one thing that was critical for God to be able to revive you, and that was humility. You have to be humble. You've got to take an attitude of not pride, like, well, I don't need this. I'm okay, just me and God. Well, I doubt that. You know, you're all right with God. That may be one thing, but if you're not all right with everything else and moving forward, you're in stagnant waters. And really, it don't take too long to go from stagnant to going backwards, which is called backslidden state. Hosea said, I will heal the backsliders. So, I mean, I'm expecting you to do some changing in your thinking before you get up here today. 
it would help me a lot. Don't come up here and do that. Do while I'm talking to you. You don't have to say it out loud. Just if there's anything that needs to be confessed. Well, do you think we're all cruds? No, I think you're wonderful people, but you're human beings, aren't you? So you're capable of being cruddy in some area, aren't you? I know you don't like that word, but you get the point, don't you? You sit there like, I know all this. I'm perfect. Yeah. Okay. Humility is a key to moving with God at any point. Humility. Okay. So let's talk here. We said this earlier, I think, when I received the offering. Things are done based on the Word. You have to meet the criteria to move with God. You can come to church. We sing songs and have prayer lines and go home, and that's all fine and good and right that we do that. But that isn't all there is. So I'm talking about reviving and revivals, seasons of refreshing come from the presence of God. All right. So the criteria for a revival, I'm going to give you, there's five of them I listed. Number one, hunger. I'm going to take you over to John 7. The first one is hunger. I'll just read these, not to lose you, but you can write the scriptures down. John 7, 37, 38. We're talking about hunger. If you don't hunger for these things, you won't get it. Yeah. In verse 37, 38 of John's gospel, chapter 7, In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, how many? Any. Any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Are you drinking of Jesus? Are you drinking of his word? Are you drinking of the Holy Ghost that he sent in his place now in the earth? Are you following me so far? I'm bringing some revelation. He that believes on me, the word, as the scripture hath said, see we're looking at scriptures, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your inward man would flow what? Rivers? You got to hear where we need to discern. Do I got any river flowing out of me or just a, like a straw trickle? You know, there's a difference in you got poor, you live in some places in our country where they don't have good water pressure. You turn it on, it takes a few minutes to get there. Or you get the fire hydrant and knock you down, you know, put the big old thing of water that big and knock you across the street. And so we, but we're saying here, Jesus said, you have to come. If you're thirsty, come and drink of me and out of your innermost being will flow rivers, rivers of living. Rivers. Man, that's pretty refreshing, I think. All right. So the first thing is hunger. You have to hunger for these things. And I hope I'm wetting your appetite. Because there's just a whole lot more ahead for you, but you've got to reach for it. Got to reach for it. You know, I'm a busy man right now. Yeah, I'm writing a new book. I'm looking at airplanes and preaching here this morning. And I got a lot on my plate. But I'm still reaching. I am reaching out, man. I'm just, you know, I feel like I graduated preschool recently. I think I'm going to first grade this year. Hallelujah. All right. You got to be hungry. You have to think about that. And am I hungry for God or am I just happy coming to this church, sitting down, taking notes, going home, not changing? Yeah. Bell rings, I'm down here again, taking notes, looking at Dr. or Pastor Jordan, taking notes and not changing. See, we've got to get to a place, God, there has to be more to this than just status quo. <laughs> okay, hunger. Number two is expectancy. And I'm going to read you the passage over here to save time. You don't have to turn there if you don't want. You can if you like. Acts 3 and verses uh, 5 through 8. 
And he gave heed unto them. Peter said, look on us, the cripple at the gate, beautiful. He gave heed unto them, verse 5, expecting, expecting to receive something of them. Expecting to receive something of them. I think I told this story before. Helen, Michael was in the hospital for some something at surgery and I went to be with them and Helen over here asked me, I got some friends that got a son that's got cancer of the stomach or something in the hospital across the street. Of course, we could walk under the street and she said, would you mind praying for her? I said, what makes you think they'd like me to? I don't know, but I think they'd receive you, Pastor Jacobs. And so I went in there and his mom and dad were there. I don't, I, I wasn't sure I judged them right, but anyway, they didn't seem to care whether I was there or not there. But anyway, I looked at the boy, he was 17. I said, I haven't got a lot of time. If you'll listen, I'll preach to you. Or you could let me go right now. He said, no, I'd like to hear what you're going to say. I said, well, you don't have to die with cancer. And I preached to him for about 10 minutes, didn't I, Helen? I said, well, what do you want? You want me to lay hands on you or you want me to leave? He said, lay hands on me, preacher. I laid hands on him and God healed him of the stomach cancer. That right, Helen? Yeah. He died from something else later or something happened, but he was healed of that. And that's a 10-minute sermon. Some of you have logged 10,000 hours with me. I'm just thinking. So it says, uh, expecting to receive. See, if you don't expect to receive when you get up here, you, you're not going to get anything. Even if something's here to be got. You know, I've taught you this before. I'm going to just remind you in Romans 1 says mutual faith. I have faith to release what I have in me. You have faith to receive what I have in you, to transmit it to you. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. He wasn't broke, but he just didn't have any money on hand. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with him into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. So the man expected to receive something. See, so you have to have expectancy about things. It's not that you just believe in me. You're believing in the anointing that's in my life. You're believing in the mantle that clothes me in the prophetic office. Primarily, that's the primary thing for me. All right. And I'll probably teach more about prophets sometime around here. I don't know when. Number three, willing to explore. We just read that in Isaiah 43. Willing to explore new realms. That's why I tell people you need to pray in tongues more than you think you can. Well, I preached, I prayed for 30 minutes one day. One day? Have you prayed since then? Well, little, but not. Well, if you prayed 30 minutes one day, that says you could do it. You're capable. Why don't you think, make challengers. How about 40? Amen. How about 45? And if you stay in that realm for a little bit, how about an hour? Yes. <laughs> I know this is going to throw you. Instead of taking vacation, just trying to get to Disney World or some other place, <laughs> and I'm not putting that down, yeah. uh, you take a day off just to pray. You, you ever thought of that? Have a vacation praying. I don't think anybody's thought of that that I know of. Huh? Maybe a few. If it's critical enough for you, if you're hungry enough for it, you do that. I'm not, making, I'm not mad at you or anything. I'm just trying to help. You have to be willing to explore new realms in things. I've gotten over into miracles, but I tell you, I'm believing for something beyond well, maybe I just say a deeper level of that, and it's coming. It's already starting to some level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, I didn't get here yesterday, though. I've been at this almost 50. I'm about 48 right now, 48 something. Willing to explore new realms. Uh, there's a song that uh, Amber Cody sings at her church. It's so powerful. It's called Uncha Uncharted Territory. That we're going to go into uncharted territory. The only thing that even remotely comes close to that in the natural, I saw uh, A&E channel or one of those discovery channels and they were in wild Russia. Yeah, I mean, way out in Siberia and just, it looked like a forever forest. They have animals there that don't live any other place in the world but there. Some of them I'd never seen before. Didn't know what they were called. They had to tell us. Wild Russia. Uncharted territory. Well, I'm so glad whoever that was. Was it Columbus that sailed that got here yeah. from England? And they, they said the earth is flat. He could have thought, well, I'm going to fall off this place somewhere. <laughs> Uncharted territory. Just because somebody hadn't been there before you doesn't mean it's not there. <laughs> I was watching that show. They always make fun of us as Christians. Uh, that alien thing. And they were saying, we've seen a lot of... of uh, Pictures from outer space and there's planets that look just like Earth. I wonder if there's anybody lived there. I started saying, Jesus lives there somewhere. And all my dead saved relatives. Of course there's beings out there. What's the matter with you? Heaven's out there, baby. People are just so rattled about stuff. Listen, there's a whole world. I'm talking to me today, today beyond what I know. And I know some things. I haven't been able to preach some things to you because you got to get this first. Got to teach how to talk and how to believe God and how to rebuke the devil and how to stay. <laughs> but you've got to be willing to explore. And if you don't like it, run back to mommy. Just run back to your normal activity. If there's no challenge to you, I can't help you. I could help you live the life you're living if that's all you want. But I don't understand why people would want to stop. Let me just talk to you out of my heart. I don't understand people just want to stay at a standstill and never press, never move, yeah. never go, never claim, never move out. Right. You're a radical, Jacob. No, I'm just a normal believer. Yes. You should get some of this. Yes. The Bible says we go from one level of glory to the next. Yes. We don't stay here and de deplete. No. We and we go from one level of strength to the next. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's all Bible. Yeah. I've already repented about all this. <laughs> I'm preaching pretty strong to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ahead of you a little. Number four, I think it is. Is it willing to obey? And that's in Acts 5. I'll read it to you. Acts 5.32. So we've talked about hunger, expectancy, willing to explore, willing to obey. And we are his witnesses, Acts 5.32. We are his witnesses, God's witnesses, of these things. Well, they taught the, the early church and the apostles were saying that. So is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. See, God give you the Holy Ghost if you'll obey him. And then beyond that, God gives you more of the Holy Ghost if you'll obey him in that. If you're not called to be a prophet, you're not going to be like me. I'm not special. I'm just different. Don't let my aggression freak you out. <laughs> Come on. Say amen if you can. Yeah. 
I'm trying to help you that there ought to be some kind of impetus in you, some kind of motivation that wants to move you from point A to point B. And don't tell me you're old. Don't tell me you're this. Don't tell me you're some color or some creed. Or, you know, that has nothing to do with what I'm preaching. Everybody's on the same playing field in the Bible. Same. Okay. So we have to, we, he gives the Holy Ghost to us who obey him. Remember I told you, I'm going to tell you again. I don't know if you caught it. I don't know, it's probably 10 years ago. It could have been some time ago. I don't know. And I was laying hands on people. And then I just stopped kind of for a few weeks. And the Lord said, I told you to get your hands on people. The anointing's in your hands, Michael. Don't you understand that? Yes, sir. I'm sorry. And then I went on and did that for a while. And then I went through a period. And I think I went, I don't know, maybe six weeks. And man, when I went to pray, he was ticked off. And he loves me. He's trying to salvage me. He said, I don't want to have to talk to you about this again, Michael. This is the third time I've talked to you. And I told you to get your hands on people. Maybe not every single service, but as much as you can. Because people need a touch from a holy man of God that's anointed. That's what he told me. I'm not bragging on me. It's his anointing. I don't have anointing without him. He gives the Holy Ghost to me because I obey him. Or how about Tawana Phelps when she got in the line for depression? God said, hit her in the stomach as hard as you can. Well, you're going to be a faith man? There you are. Her husband just got back from Afghanistan. He's a Marine, about 6'2". I thought, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, my mind went blank for a minute. I thought, and then I thought, oh, if I hit her and she doesn't see, but that was doubt and unbelief. And the Lord said, are you going to obey me or not? Obey me. That's what he, are you going to obey me or not? That's as loud as I heard it in here. Nobody's hearing anything. I'm having a private conversation with God and I'm getting rebuked. Well, I don't have people in prayer lines. No, but you might not be obedient. In any area, in any area, if you're disobedient, disobedience always creates an atmosphere for the devil. Any level of disobedience, in your family, husbands and wives, children and parents, shepherd and sheep, spiritual father and sons and daughters. Yeah. And sometimes people ask me hard, kind of hard question in front of other people, but because they said that I couldn't let it go. What do you think about that? I said, that's the stupidest thing you ever did. Why would you cripple your people by doing that? Yeah. Do you really say that? Yeah, and it happened because he shot his mouth off in front of a bunch of preachers, all my sons, and asked me what I thought in front of them. You need to get that, that out of your system. You want to work and do stuff other than pastor and make money? That's fine. But you don't let the church not pay you just because you're doing some construction on the side. What are you thinking? See, <laughs> talking about obedience versus... Di- and I, when I said to him, you just crippled your whole church. They have nothing to give to it for you. Now, because you, you said, I'm going to take it. You should take it because that's how they... That's how they propel themselves financially by helping the pastors or other ministry gifts. You know what I'm saying. You're all looking at me like, I don't know. I'm telling you some good things here. You're willing to obey God. Willing to obey. How about this one? The Latin, willing to change. Willing to change. You know, 1 Kings, let's go back there a minute. I'm going to go back. You can go with me or, or just listen. I'm about done. 1 Kings 17, I think it is. Uh, let's look here. First Kings. Uh, let me see here. First Kings 17. 
Okay, let's, let's read it down. Let me start in verse 1. Elisha, I'm talking about being willing to change. That's what I'm talking about. And Elisha the Tishbite, wow, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. That's the prophet telling the king that. Uh, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence. This is God speaking to Elijah. And turn you eastward, verse 3, and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. How'd you like to have a bird drop off something to eat for lunch today? Yeah, he's a real prophet, I guess. I don't know, I'm just teasing. I'd rather just go to the store and, you know, eat there. But. All right. So he, and he said, commanded the ravens to feed you. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, where he's got water and he's got meat or something they're bringing. That is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. See, that's what happens in all of our lives eventually if we just think we're okay. Stuff starts drying up. What did Jesus say? Out of your belly. I, I just say out of the inward man. I like that better. Shall flow rivers of living water. Now, rivers is a pretty main thrust. You know, I saw where Victoria Falls on the news just yesterday was drying up because of the drought there. One of the biggest falls in the earth. Victoria Falls. It's in South America, I think. Africa. Oh, maybe Africa, maybe. Who's a, where's Sean? He knows that. Anyway, what's it, Victoria Falls, what nation is it in? Does anybody know? Africa, thank you. But it was drying up. And it was a massive thing like Niagara or beyond. Way beyond Niagara Falls. But see, it dried up and so there's just a little trickle where there was a big old wall of water coming down constantly. They were in a drought. He was, and it says, verse 7, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land, just like Victoria Falls. Yeah. So what did he do? Verse 9, verse 8, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, rise and get you to Zarephath. He was at Cherith, up there by the brook Cherith rather. He says, rise and get to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon and dwell there. Uh, behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he had to move. See, what I'm saying is sometimes you got to move, not geographically, but move with God to another level, to another dimension. Hallelujah. Is anybody listening? You've got to be willing to change. You know, I'm, a, I'm in a change right now in a lot of areas of my life. I'm just, I, I haven't got time to tell you all about it, but I'm just, I'm in changing. And I like it. But it's hard on my flesh. You know, change is hard on your flesh. If you're a natural-minded person, it's really hard on you. But you have to get used to moving with God when He says, do this, don't do that, send this, don't do that, and, and listen to His voice and follow that, and there'll be a refreshing. Amen. And He sends the Holy Spirit to those who obey Him. Now, i got one more scripture here, Isaiah 44, and I'll be done for this morning. We'll have to take it up next week. Isaiah 44. You get anything out of this? <laughs> I hope so. Hallelujah. And we're going to get into a lot of nice, wonderful things about the revival we had and, and how that God moved in our church. And not that we have to compare 
what we're going to have from that because we already found out. He said, don't, don't have to remember the former things, you know, because he's going to do something fresh. But it may have some elements of that in it, plus added in things or added in at a different dimension. So <clears throat> Isaiah 43 and verse 3, this is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I will pour water. And what is water? It's a type of the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus, you know, I didn't read verse 39. Let me just stop. John 7, you know, in the last day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And this, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke of the Spirit, for the Spirit had not yet been given. For Jesus had not yet been glorified. And he said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, waters come to you. I may listen. So he says, I'll pour water upon him that's thirsty. There it is, thirsty. If you're thirsty, you can get a drink. He's not talking about natural water. He's talking about spiritual thirst, spiritual things that refresh you. And floods, listen to that, floods upon the dry ground. Floods upon the dry ground. Wow. I will pour my spirit upon your seed, that's your children or grandchildren, and my blessing upon thine offspring. But I wanted you to see this is the promise we're standing on right here in this, prayer, in this uh, time of ministry in just a second. I'll pour water upon those who are thirsty. And even if you're just as dry as could be, I'm going to flood you out. I'm going to flood you out. I'm going to flood you out. <laughs> I was reading Ezekiel 37 this week and studying it some. And it was so refreshing to me. He talked about the prophet he, and the Lord took him out in a place of dry bones. And he said, Lord, can these bones live? There's bones laying there. Yeah, but you're going to have to say to them. And then certain things began to happen. Flesh came up on them. And then you're going to have to say to them, rise up and be a mighty army. I'm saying that to you today, prophetic. Rise up. <laughs> Make a commitment. You're going to win somebody to God the next 12 months. Make a commitment you're going to pray for somebody that's sick at your work or where you run into other people. Occasionally, I just pray for people. If I see they're having a hard time, I say, can I pray for you or help you? And a lot of time, most of the time they say yes. Occasionally they don't want it, but most of the time they do because there's a genuine compassion coming out of me for people. That's my point. Yeah. We were in a restaurant recently and we had a little girl waiting on us and somehow our heart went out to her and we gave her a pretty healthy offering. You love free will. gift. What? A tip. tip. Yeah, but it was pretty healthy. And we didn't, we didn't eat that much food to her to deserve it, but we just felt like, and then we talked to her and she was unmarried and had a child and different things like that. I don't even remember the restaurant I was at, but she really appreciated. She started to cry on us almost. So sometimes, you know, we minister in different ways to different people. All right. So if you want to be refreshed, first you come get the prayer cloth. This is for his, her daughter. Father, we thank you for the healing endowment in my hands. And when it's laid on this baby, she'll be made whole.